Well, good morning from me, and uh, great to see visitors as well. And uh, also, if you thought last week's craft was good, ladies and gentlemen, wait till you see what they've cooked up this week as you walk out. It is amazing. Um, one announcement from me. So starting this week, on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, either myself or Phil will be in the foyer lobby thing there from half nine till 11, where we just want to meet with you, have a coffee, hear what you're going through, and pray with you. So it's just an open thing for you to come. It's first for our own members to drop in, and then to, we'll put some banners somewhere so outsiders can come in and share their lives too. So that's starting this week, half nine till 11. It's me Tuesday, Phil Wednesday, and me again on Thursday. So just come. If it's particularly private, drop an email first, and I'll clear everybody else out, and we'll chat and pray together. But it's just part of reopening our lives and the church again. So that's that. Right. Um, I'll ho- oh, whoa, 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 go back, go back, yeah, go back. Don't look, don't look. Yeah, okay, nobody saw that. Um, I'll hold back the tears because it's the last in our Exodus series. I know. Should we do it again? We'll go back to the beginning. Who's shaking their head at the back? Um, because what happens is they, they, it's about the tent and then the last chapters, they build the tent. So it's like repetition. So we're done after today. And for about 20 weeks, we've been learning all the ways Jesus sets us free. So the little ones, Jesus sets you free. Teenagers, Jesus sets you free. Not so teenager, age, older, ripe. Jesus sets us free. Now, what everybody needs who's listening in this room or at home is peace with God. And from that, that soul peace comes um, the ability to have your sins forgiven and then to forgive others and not hold grudges anymore. It comes from peace with God. Some of you are going through physical sufferings. Peace with God will bring a fix to even that. If not right away, then one day, because we go where Jesus goes. just comes with being at peace with God. Everybody needs it from the youngest to the old. And it comes from being in contact with God. Because he's so peaceful. Have you looked up the word mediator in the Oxford English Dictionary? Because we can't just connect with God. Because we've got a problem called sin. And if you look up uh, the word mediator or mediation, you probably know this because you're educated here. It says this, a person who attempts to make people involved in a conflict come to an agreement, a go-between. And mediation is intervention if you've had a dispute with someone, someone to solve the problem. Well, everybody listening, Moses knows that we all can't swan up to the living God because we've got sin and problems, and he's just wonderfully pure. That would be like sticking your fingers in a plug socket. You just get zapped. You can't do it. There needs a mediator. And so God says, right, we're going to spell that out to everyone. Moses, build a tent. 
And the hope of the world is going to be shown in that tent. And there were three pieces of furniture, which you all know what they are now and what they meant. You're all nodding because you've been here. And it showed who God was. Now, there's one God and he's three persons. There's one Welsh rugby team, but there's how many players? I can't remember because I'm a football fan. 13, is it? 15, sorry. Forgive me. I'm a football fan. One team, there's one marriage of two people. And God is one God and three persons. Father, Son, and Spirit. A loving union of three. There were three pieces of furniture to show everybody what God is like. But then... Next comes a tent. And Chris read, Make the tabernacle with ten curtains of finely twisted uh, linen and blue and purple. I tried to like, look as much like the tent as possible today. Could you please appreciate the effort? Blue and purple and scarlet. And uh, make it. And here it is for the first time you've seen this morning. There it is. Um, And this tent gets pulled tightly down around the furniture. (laughs) Because God is teaching the world, um, he's wrapped in close where we are. There's God, the three pieces of furniture. Along comes this garment, snugly around it. Why do you like being close to people and having friends? Why is solitary confinement the worst type of punishment for even the worst of criminals? They can't stand it. Because everybody listening is made in the image of God who loves to be close. You're in His image. And the word tabernacle means a place to live. And um, in it comes. What was it about? What was it about? Well... If uh, you were around in the ancient church times, you would have had like a top of the pops song sheet. It's called the book of Psalms. Um, And they explain what the tent was about. And you would sing it together. Now, in my house, we've made a rule. No secular, non-Christian music on a Sunday. Just blast the Christian stuff. Why? Because it's better. And we have one day of doing the Christian worship non-stop because it makes us think about God and who He is. And Ed Sheeran keeps making me think about myself and how depressing everything is. So ban that rubbish. Out goes Pink Floyd on Sundays. In comes the Psalms and the songs of the Christian church. And they also had prophets that talked about what the tent was about. And to save you the homework, here it is. Psalm 104, they would sing this. The Lord wraps Himself in light as with a garment. He stretches out the heavens like a tent. Ah! Here's Isaiah. He says, The Lord God stretches out the heavens like a canopy. He spreads them out like a tent to live in. So what's the tent? In their minds as they're singing their songs and listening to their preachers. The starry heavens. All around God. So the ancient church thought, Oh God, it's like in a tent. When we look up, we think, wow, the heavens are containing the Lord God. He's so close. It's like a garment that he's wearing. And inside uh, the roof with us. And here's a tent picture showing that too. Now we're in a tent. The stars are around us and God is here with the furniture. 
Um, I don't know if you knew this, Dave probably does, because I think Dave knows everything, but when a massive star explodes, its scrunched up core forms something called a neutron star. And a neutron star is so dense that if you had a teaspoon's worth of it, it would weigh more than Mount Everest. Isn't that amazing? And that's just like a little gem on the Lord's garment. So he just sort of wraps himself in this stuff that he's made. Not only does he wrap it in, he comes underneath with us. The ancient church wanted to know, he's here. And so Chris read stage one, just build that big tent, 45 foot long. And there was a time, ladies and gentlemen, where the heavens and earth were just one connected room. And people in Genesis would walk around, Adam walked around with God on the floor, the word of the Lord walking around, talking. And the heavens and the earth were one. But some of you are thinking, well, God isn't that close to me now. And you're sort of right. Because stage two of the tent, what did they do? They divided it with a curtain. And no longer are the heavens and the earth one lovely thing where we can swan in and out of each other's company. And the sad news is, God goes behind the curtain to that seat at the back. And we're left on this side. And now there's a barrier. And Chris read, hang the curtain from the clasps and put the ark behind the curtain in the really holy place. And on the curtain, there were angels blocking the way because no one could just swan in. See, this is the story of the world. If you go to Waterstones, these self-help books are full of ways of trying to make us like connect with something because we all feel disconnected outside of something. We all feel that at times. That's the curtain. And it's because of sin. Our choices, who we are, sinners. I don't know if you know this, but heaven in Hebrew is a masculine word. And earth is a feminine word. Because they're supposed to be in marital harmony with each other. But it's fractured. And there's this rude curtain intruding and it's called sin and death and decay and all the problems in the world and the marriage is wrecked. And the old Puritans used to say, we are now like um, a joint snapped out of its socket. We're not attached in the way that we used to be to the Lord God. And we're denied access. And in the Bible, there's a man called Paul and he sees where God lives and he calls it the third heavens. Oh no, God's up there now. There's a blockage. He's all the way up there where he used to be so close. No access. The third place. Even above the stars. That's where he lives. Now, uh, Sue Williams is here. Sorry, Sue. Too. I didn't tell you I was going to pick you out in the sermon. And what? Sue is a GP. Why has Sue got a job? <laughs> no, it's a genuine. It's not like a derogatory question. It's a genuine question. Why does Sue have a job? It's because of this curtain. Because we're all broken. And she's there trying to fix us and patch us up. Because we're perishing, aren't we? And she can only do so well. I'm sure she does very good. 
But she can only do, the book of Ephesians says we're all sort of born dead spiritually, just disconnected. Because of that, we start having to be patched up physically. We're going to die physically too, which is like an apple plucked from a tree, from the life source. Gone. That's the curtain. Um, I was talking to a 47-year-old last week. He said, my body's falling apart from rugby, 47 years old. That's the curtain. And why is my job full of counseling? Sometimes issues so private you'll never know we even do them. Why are so many homes broken from the teenagers that we know? Why? This curtain. There's a big fracture between us and God. And everything's wrecked. But there was a priest. And Chris read, Have Aaron, your brother, brought to you from among the Israelites along with his sons, so they may serve me as priests. And there was one high priest, one middle man. Tell the skilled workers to put garments on him. And he's going to have a a breastpiece, an ephod, and a robe, a woven tunic, a turban, and sash. And they're all on this table being made. And it's brilliant. One's got one on his head. It's amazing. And they're made from quality streets this morning. I didn't see that bit in Exodus. But uh, this, uh, yeah, that's good enough. It's amazing. And um, so one person's going to dress up as the go-between between the one there and the one out here on our side. It's just a fascinating multimedia display of the problem of the world and how to get fixed. Um, on Thursday, we learned that Phil Jenkins likes to dress up as Father Christmas. And um, we didn't know unclear if it was just during December or all the way through the year. He didn't say. But what happens when Phil dresses up as Father Christmas? He's showing what the real one does. And it's almost like he puts the garment on and he gets Father Christmas's powers. He starts giving presents out everywhere. Because when you dress up as the real one that you're being an earthly picture of, then you get the powers. And similarly, Aaron would put on this superhero costume. And he's playing the role, Hebrews says, of the heavenly high priest. And he gets his powers. And they cover him with oil. That was a picture being filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's, by the way, why Jesus, the high priest, was called Christ. Or the Messiah. It's the same word. Anointed one. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Full of life. The real middleman to sort our problems out. And this priest, he would go between our side and the God's side. And when he dressed up as Jesus, he would fix people's sins, their relationships, their physical defects, even mold on their walls. Get all of that stuff out, because we're heading to a place where there's not even going to be any mold. Moldy, sinful, get, get rid of that. And Hebrews 4 calls Jesus the great high priest. And he would put an effort on, and here's the priest. Here we go. Up there. There he is. That's what Aaron would look like as he dressed up as Jesus. And he had an ephod, an apron, with the names of all the churches inscribed on him. Every church member up there written on him. And when Jesus would later come as the real version, he told sinners, come to me. I will introduce my heavenly Father to you. Pray in my name, and you'll go in that room. 
where God is. And I don't know if you're really weak and tired this morning, but these names are on the shoulders. And Jesus used to just pick people up who were tired and sinful and worried and afraid, and he would carry them on his shoulders to heaven itself. And he had a breastplate there with more church members' names on his heart. They're on my heart, the priest said. And if you read John chapter 17, guess what Jesus prays? Who's on his heart as he prays to the Father? He says this, I pray for all future believers. That's you, if you're a Christian. That Father, they would be one like we are one. That they're going to be in us. And you are going to give them love that you've given me before even the world was made. They're on my heart. Because Jesus is the great high priest. Christian, you've been prayed for. And are being prayed for. Today, you're on his heart. And I don't know if any Christians ever said this. All will be well. They're not making it up. It's because there's a high priest who lives right now and he prays for every church member. And you're on his heart. And if you're not a Christian, you need to come to Jesus and you're on his heart. And he had a robe. We're not going into that. You have to join your Thursday class because that's really in-depth. And he had a turban. And on the turban was holy to the Lord. Because he's utterly dedicated to fixing the world. Jesus. And fixing your problems. And that's why we sing this. When I fear my faith will fail. Christ will hold me fast. When the tempter would prevail. He will hold me fast. I could never keep my hold. Through life's fearful path. For my love is often cold. But he will hold me fast. And Hebrews 9 says this, Christ didn't enter a sanctuary made with human hands. That was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself, now to appear for us in God's presence. The middle man. And he was covered in blood a lot of the time. Do you know why? Because he would bring a sacrificial lamb who died in the place of sinners. And he would even sprinkle the tent with the blood because the blood of the Lamb was going to cleanse all the sinners' problems and all the world as well. And if you read Romans chapter 8, it says even the trees with ash die back on them. They're, they're waiting for someone to fix them. Who are they waiting for? Romans 8 says, Christ Jesus who died. And He's risen again. The whole creation's groaning, waiting for Jesus to fix everything. And he will. My friend Glenn Scrivener said this. That means this. You don't have to punish yourself. Christ the Lamb has been punished. You don't have to draw any blood. The blood of God has been shed for you. Nothing is beyond the saving work of God. You who were once far away, you can become near again by the blood of Christ the High Priest. And just to close, just so we 100% get it, that we can be connected to God right now and forevermore, and just in case there's anyone still going, does he really care about me? 
Does he really hear my prayers this morning or in this church as I offered them? Does he really care? There was one last bit of furniture. Make an altar of acacia wood for burning incense and put the altar in front of the curtain that shields the Ark of the Covenant and I will meet you there. And here it is. That's the curtain that's blocking the way. Can't go back to Eden without the priest. There it is. And here it is again. The altar of incense. The fourth bit of furniture. The one final bit to end our series on Exodus. What is it? And what does it mean? Well, imagine the priest, these wispy, smelly, smoky, steamy things, wisping around the furniture of God in the middle of God itself. And as he walks through the curtain, where does the wispy, smoky thing go? In. In with him. And it fills everywhere, right in the middle of the picture of the Trinity of God himself. And in Hebrews 9 it says, that was so close to the curtain, it was pretty much in the heavenly place. It's that close. Put it right up to the throne of God. And the last big question that we ask ourselves is, what's the incense? Revelation chapter 5, the four living creatures and the 24 elders in heaven fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And in Malachi chapter 1 it says, My name will be great among the nations from the rising of the setting sun in every place. Incense will be offered to my name because my name will be great among the nations including Cardiff in Wales says the Lord Almighty. That is you. Those are the Jesus priest-centered people crying out to God this week and they make it right to the center of God Himself. So let no one gathered here today say God's not hearing my prayers. Because we offer them in the name of the priest. And so I close. If you want the presence of God, go to Jesus. If you want your presence heard in heaven, go to Jesus. If you want your prayers heard and answered, maybe not in the way you like, but the way that he knows best, go to Jesus. If you want your bodies and your souls free from slavery and death and decay, go to Jesus. And if you want to be valued more than you've ever been valued in your lives by the one who knows every hair on your head and make it to the very heart of the Trinity, go to Jesus and he will hold us fast. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.